Hello and welcome to Pokédex Pathfinders, where we explore the Pokédex at a leisurely pace. I'm Ben. And I'm Andy. On today's episode, we talk about numbers 1 through 3, the Bulbasaur family. I'm going to ask Ben questions on Blaine's quiz show. And finally, we're going to talk about forgotten, underrated Pokémon. Let's get into it for number one, Bulbasaur. Grass and poison type. So, I got biology info to start with here. Yes. And the biggest thing, I, I think this is like the biggest thing I want to talk about for Bulbasaur. Because it, I know we're starting out of the gate swinging here, but on Bulbasaur's back is a green plant bulb, which is grown from a seed planted there at birth. And... Uh, is somebody planting a seed on every single Bulbasaur? Dude, I am glad that you brought up the bulb. <laughs> the bulb raises a lot of questions in many ways anyways. So, yeah, I mean, okay. for me, we got to talk uh, the natural way and I guess the the farm-raised Bulbasaur. Yeah, that's the bigger question I have. Like, all right, I get it in the wild. You go around and... Papa Venusaur and Mama Venusaur kind of, you know, things happen and suddenly it's planted there. Okay. When two Venusaurs know we uh, love each other very much. (laughs) (laughs) And they have to sit down and explain this to all the children, Bulbasaur. No. uh, (laughs) All right. So you're picking up a Venusaur from Professor Oak's lab or something like that. Was it born in the wild or Professor Oak was just like, here you go, buddy. I would have to think that he has a bag of Bulbasaur seeds. I mean, he'd have to, right? Like to hand plant. Does he have a bag of Bulbasaur seeds or a bag of Bulbasaurs? <laughs> He's got a sack full of Bulbasaurs. He's like, all right, buddy. <laughs> Just walking around with a Bulby sack, passing them out. <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> I also read it. I, I also read it has been observed. I, I thought this was an interesting point. It has been observed that a Bulbasaur's bulb will flash blue when it's ready to evolve. I think that happens in one of the earlier episodes of the anime. Again, I know neither of us is super up to date on watching the show or anything. I vaguely remember that. Is there, like, I just think, A, that's neat, but I'm, like, trying to think if there's any other, like, is every poke going to have something flash when they're ready to evolve? Or is it unique to that, like, flowers in the wild don't flash before they bloom? No, that's got to just be a creative decision on Pokemon's part. It was probably a design cue for the anime, like, just something to show that the Pokemon are about to evolve, I would think. Because obviously that has nothing to do with the game. I know they, like, flash and turn white and stuff like that, but, I mean, granted, a lot of that I know is because how are you going to draw one thing just turning into another thing? You gotta have the transformation scene, especially in anime. Very important. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can have the sweet transformation in the game where instead of the bulb flashing, the whole sprite just goes (laughs) and flips back and forth between the new one. Imagine being a trainer and walking along, and you're one of those that that is just kind of freestyling. You keep your Bulbasaur on the side with you and it just starts flashing and it's like, Oh God, Oh God, he's ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining even more like, all right, you're running into one in the wild. Like (laughs) I'm picturing like I'm going for a hike with my dog and I look over in the woods and there's like a deer just with shit flashing on its back. Yeah. He's about, he's about to grow up. (laughs) Like their antlers aren't flashing at me. Uh, like, I would I would immediately start running out of the woods. Oh yeah. 
What else did you find for any of the biology information for so, Bulbasaur? I'm glad that you brought up the bulb. The bulb seems to be the number one thing that the designers were focusing on. So the biggest thing that I found was they said the bulb provides energy through photosynthesis through nutrient-rich seeds. So that makes me what? think that Bulbasaur potentially doesn't eat, that it uses photosynthesis like a Do you think like they photosynthesize? Plant. Oh, Bulbapedia said they photosynthesize. <laughs> well, if Bulbapedia says it, we have to make sure we take that as the Bible. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for reference, uh, listeners, we will be assuming everything in Bulbapedia is 100% factual, and I think there is no reason to ever contest it. We have that. to draw the line somewhere, and, and that's where we draw it. I will never draw the line. Bulbapedia is 100% factual, <laughs> and it always will be. <laughs> yeah. So you don't even think they eat? Well, that's my question to you. Is Is this one of those things like so... There is, in real life, there is a slug that can photosynthesize, but it still eats. What? Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember the name of it. I did not even Not know enough that. research, so so do not fact check me. But You didn't? Yeah. I'm, I wasn't Please prepared. don't fact check anything you hear here. <laughs> but Unless it's with Bulbapedia. I, I would think it, it's got to be a hybrid, right? So maybe the photosynthesis kicks in if it has to. But I, yeah, I wanted your thoughts on that. All right. So you're saying that like kicks in if it has to you think that like it eats until it can't find food anymore yeah like maybe if it's a starvation scenario it just kind of lays down and the sun heats it up and it feeds it that way i mean that would actually be really convenient and i'm not gonna lie i kind of wish i could do that exactly because that would save me a lot of time for eating if i could just like walk out on my back porch for a little bit winters would be a very hungry time i'm starving better go lay down in the field but also this may sound stupid but like can seeds really photosynthesize i think I guess, it means I mean, more if it's a bulb and it is yeah it means more the leaves i feel like that's true i mean i i guess i could have assumed that happening for venusaur with it being wide open but i don't know i just kind of assumed like the bulb was like the i don't know you get like the, the little bucket of daffodil or tulip bulbs or whatever and you put them in the ground i don't think those things themselves are photosynthesizing i don't know no it, it seems immature the uh the bulb itself so i mean you're right maybe they are progressing it a little bit or maybe pushing a little too hard on the biology end of things i mean it definitely is the most important part of the design they did put it literally in the name oh speaking of the name all right oh yeah i have a, a little fact what i found bulbasaurus is a actual it's a therapsid which is like a proto mammal there is a fossil named bulbasaurus just my random factoid for it oh really and uh, I think it's from the early Triassic period. According to the people that named it, nothing to do with Bulbasaur. How would they have completely missed that? That they that they just <laughs> didn't even... Uh, they came up with that on their own, never heard it before. <laughs> they both came up with I it. I am pretty convinced here that somebody wanted to name something after a Pokemon, thought they were being discreet, and then once they started getting made fun of for it because they realized that they were, you know, a total nerd... Uh, they were like, no, 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 no. It has nothing to do. I've never seen Pokemon before. I don't even know what a Bulbasaur is. Oh, you're saying the fossil came after. I was imagining the fossil from the 1800s. No, no, no. I you think it was I mean? discovered after. An old I think school. it was discovered more recently. Okay, okay. Like, I think it was discovered within like the last 10 to 15 years. Then I'm sorry, but yes, it is 100% named after the Pokemon. I don't care if the man feels or woman feels bad that 
He, they named it right after the Pokemon. <laughs> yes, thank and you. <laughs> as as with everything else uh, that we say here, please don't fact check this. <laughs> it's no, probably no, from like don't. the early 1900s, I, and I'm like, how dare you copy off of Pokemon? Uh, good enough. Loser. All right, I do have one more for you too. So animals kind of always seem to have some level of personality to them. Uh, you know, I mean, all animals are different, but you could certainly say that. What t- what sort of temperament do you think a Bulbasaur naturally has? Pissed off. You think that they start pissed? I don't know. I I don't know why, but like, I literally don't need any time to think about that one. Like, out of the three starters, and I know that we're gonna end up talking about other starters here because it's inevitable. We'll see. <laughs> I just automatically <laughs> assume that Bulbasaur, I don't know why, I've always thought they were just pissed off. Because that's an important part of picking a starter, I would think, is you got to make sure that you're compatible with the animal that Which you're choosing. Which is because you know? I'm usually pissed off, and I did not ever pick Bulbasaur. Oh my Which god. maybe we could. But well, I also, if, if we're getting into the game decisions, it's totally different <laughs> than if it was a real I, life decision. <laughs> Bulbasaur to me would always seem pissed off. I don't know why. I think part of it was also like the voice in the anime was also like the most angry out of the... Oh. yeah. Oh, exa- thank you. That was perfect. Maybe it was all the pissed off kids starting with Bulbasaur and they were pissed off because nobody hated their starter choice. Maybe it was... I just... I have no explanation for it. I also don't feel like the starters back then didn't have as distinct of the personality as they do now. Like, Sobble is always crying. Bulbasaur, I don't know. I felt like maybe I'm projecting. Maybe that's why I always thought it was pissed off, because they didn't have the personality. Why? What do you you think a Bulbasaur is like in the wild? Well, so... Well, just to go back to your point, I do think that that was by design in Gen 1 that the Pokemon were kind of a blank slate. They were very animal-like because they they wanted a kid to project themselves into the game. You know, they wanted it to be kid with animals that they can kind of assign them whatever personality they want. But no, but I, I agree. I, I was thinking that a Bulbasaur would be kind of dog-like, but I agree that they would be feisty. I think because they're small, you wouldn't really take them too seriously if they were mad, but but yeah, I think that they would be a little mad right, at everything. A dog to compare it to. What dog are we talking here? All right. So as far as temperament, it would be like, I don't know. It would probably be like one of the smaller yappy dogs, I would think. Like it thinks it's larger than it is, like a Jack okay, Russell or something. All right. Something. I could see a Jack Russell, but that's that pissed off. Oh, that's what I mean. It's it's pissed, but it's not large enough to do anything about it. Moving away from the biology stuff, some of the more like real world aspects, I, I took a couple bullet points of things that I thought were interesting, a little more about our world where Bulbasaur fits in. According to Ken Sugimori, Bulbasaur was actually designed last, and Venusaur was designed first. Okay, within the evolution line. They, to create this evolution line, they started with Bulbasaur and worked their way... I'm sorry, they started with Venusaur and worked their way backwards to Bulbasaur. Do you think that's more or less common That's why I made a note about it, because, all right, if you have to come up with something like Venusaur or... You have to come up with something like Alakazam. You know, you're, you're thinking of like a stage two or Meganium or something like that. Like they have to have a very distinct picture of the end product, the end game for the line. And then, all right, let's make a super toned down version of this. I didn't see that stated for many other Pokemon. It was really only for this line. It's hard to say as far as back when they were first designing them, because I know that now... I follow plenty of YouTubers that create their own fake mon, and 
for them, they seem to start with just an idea or a concept. You know, like, I want to make a Pokemon that's kind of like this. But they also have generations of Pokemon ahead of them already. They kind of know what Pokemon right. are supposed to look like. But in Gen 1, yeah, they probably had the idea of the design itself and then maybe made up a story backwards instead. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, all right, so... I wonder if that also kind of leads into, and this is a, a bigger topic to maybe not go down the total rabbit hole of, but I wonder if some of that also is how we end up with these like more recent generations just being so over-designed. I'm looking at you, Garchomp. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I wonder if they used to start with that peak, like, oh my God, look at this, like giant turtle with water cannons coming out of its shoulders and then go back from there or here's a giant frog thing with a huge flower blossoming out of it okay let's chill it from there but like now they start with i don't know shark raptor and are like oh we have to add jet engines to its face otherwise it's like not really that big of a step up I mean, it would look very plain without the jet engines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without those jet engines, it's basically just a ditto. I mean, what even is it? I, it has no discernible features outside of jet engines on its face. As the gens went on, it was very clear in the games that they were going to follow a formula. You know, where you start, you get your starters, you see a bird that evolves, you see a bug that evolves quickly. So I think it was much easier to come up with maybe the gimmick rather than the design. Okay. You know what I mean? I could see that. Like, we already know it's got to be a three-stage bug. So, what kind of thing could we put in so that it's not just Butterfree several times over? Butterfly. Bigger butterfly. Biggest butterfly. My God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also, like, <laughs> as you get away, it probably gets more difficult as you get away from the more naturalistic animal Pokemon and get into some of the more mythical, mystical, whatever you want to call it, some of the more abstract stuff. Yeah. Um, going back to design, I'm going to bring up Detective Pikachu here for a minute because Bulbasaur... We have to. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Good. I feel better now. Uh, Bulbasaur is in Detective Pikachu in a pretty neat scene. Healing powers, potentially. Yes. I don't even care about that. The reason I wanted to make a note of it, Bulbasaur looks so good in that movie. Some of the Pokemon look so dumb in 3D. Uh, a quick tease here. One of my favorite Pokemon growing up, I do not like anymore because of the way that it transferred to 3D. I hate it. I, I have to say that happened to me playing Shield, where there were so many Pokemon that I wanted to use, but they didn't translate the 3D sprite over correctly. Bulbasaur, the, the whole line really is one of the ones that I thought they do it really well, and they yes. definitely do it well within uh, Detective the, Pikachu. The, the Bulbasaur line, all three of these, Bulbasaur, Ivasaur, and Venusaur, look amazing in 3d and even they do a really good job the bulbasaur translation into the realistic look whatever you want to call it for detective pikachu was like that was i think one of the best designs for the pokemon in the movie yeah like it felt i thought that they translated uh more lull 
pretty easily. The, but it's because it was like a little mushroom. You know, the, the little mushroom guy. I am going to have almost, my total Gen 1 moment here and go, what the hell is a Morlol? Oh, I only know it because I collected the Detective Pikachu cards. All right, fair enough. If you do a quick Google, it is just a small we have a gen? mushroom-like thing. Ooh, I don't know the Gen. I am also a Gen 1-er. <laughs> <laughs> Morlol here. All right, we're looking this up. I can safely say I have never seen this before in my entire life. We're just going to table good old Morlol for the time being and hopefully get <laughs> My to... My point is, it translates easily. Okay. I, I think that Bulbasaur translates easily, too, because we don't have to deal with fur. I think that that's the reason that it translates Ooh, so easily. That's a good point. I mean, some of the other stuff that doesn't have fur, again, I don't want to give it away, but my favorite Pokemon growing up does not have fur, and I hate the way it looks in 3D. I don't know. Something about it. They they just got it right. It looks so you know? good. In the movies. Something like, about it. I, I was like, okay, I'm. Th- that was like the first one where I was really buying it. Like the scenes with, the, I mean, the Pikachu looks good. Of course, they spent a lot of time on it, but like the Mr. Mime is horrifying. The Psyduck is super oh, creepy looking. Like some of them were just straight up like... like like the RK9, okay, it's a dog, whatever, you know. The Bulbasaur was the first one where I was like, this looks really cool. Some of them were very creepy. I did like the Cubone, though, right in the beginning. They kind of set my hopes high with the Cubone. All right, fair enough. Well, we'll come back to Cubone then uh, when we finally get there. Yes. That's like 407 yes. episodes from now. I'm going to say, I'm getting really off track on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, coming back to Bulbasaur then, quick uh, note I have on it. There is an island country. I am going to butcher the name of this, and I apologize. Uh, N-I-U-E. Nui? I, I know I'm way Sorry. off. I really apologize. My ignorant Americanness. Uh, it's a South Pacific island. They had coins, uh, dollar coins, back in the 90s, and one of the $1 coins had Bulbasaur on it. That's awesome. I just was it all of the starters? Uh, yeah, it was all the starters, and I think they had Pikachu as well. Uh, very uber nineties of them, but I totally support that. I just thought it was cool. Bulbasaur made his way uh, onto currency. Hey, everybody was in on the trend in the nineties, especially. So <laughs> it's true. Uh, Pokemon is basically printing money as is, so you might as well stick him on one. Do you want to finish finish us out with some Bulbasaur uh, factoids you found before we talk about notable cards? So my Bulbasaur factoids. I am going to save because I'm going to grill you on them later in this. All right, fair so enough. I, you can go ahead. We'll save those for uh, Blaine Squid Show later then. Um, yeah, yeah. Notable cards. I got to bring up the base set, Bulbasaur. It has a freaking seed Iconic. shooting out of it. Come on. I, I Reiterating on the same point, Detective Pikachu, great artwork because I just love the way it translates into 3D. I listed Detective Pikachu as well. That was one of mine too. Uh, and then there is a set called Expedition. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but if you ever get a chance, look up uh, the Bulbasaur Expedition set and uh, enjoy. I literally, in my notes here, have Expedition WTF. Oh, I'm Googling it now. Let's take Go a look. Go ahead. Okay. Are are you referring to the, the uh, sun-hailing uh, yoga shot Bulbasaur <laughs> or the belly-up? in the flowers it, it, it was the it was the <laughs> the sun hailing one got me i know there's two really good ones from that one yeah that's a dark souls moment for me <laughs> the, <laughs> the 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 sun hailing one the the uh laying in the back in the flowers one i was kind of like oh that's weird but they come out with weird art here and there but the like yeah mouth open stone face staring directly into the sun was 
I saw that one looking through uh, and looking through the set and was like, okay, that that's a, a choice card selection right there. You have to appreciate the artistic freedom that the Pokemon company gives to its illustrators. <laughs> yeah. And apparently the really good drugs that they give to their illustrators. <laughs> and those sweet, sweet drugs. <laughs> Hi, uh, your perks here include you can draw whatever you want and you can smoke whatever you want. And we do strongly encourage them at the same time. <laughs> Oh, my God. I would do that for free. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they pay those people. All right. What do you got? No, no. I, I, I have a card for you as well. So uh, some of my favorite cards growing up were the Gym Challenge series. I loved the idea that these were specific Pokemon that belonged to a gym leader. And the one I'm referring to is Erica's Bulbasaur. Oh, good call. So it has that old school uh, Ken Sujimori. I mean, he, he probably drew it, but it's that old school watercolor art. It's it's just great. And he is shooting a seed in this one as well. That's a good one. A great memory that I had is uh, there was a 99 cent store in the mall near us. I don't know how, but they had gym challenge boosters and I got as many as my parents allowed me to get. <laughs> and it was incredible. This was one of the cards I got. OK, that it that is the most valid memory you can have with a card. I'm sold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any others? That's really all that I had. I mean, the original is the most iconic for me. Uh, plenty of the other ones have that kind of color blocking style to them. Not really much the watercolor, but, you know, there's plenty of cool designs. Nothing that was really jumping out. You know, pretty much the same design cues all around to me. Moving on to number two, Ivasaur. I don't have quite as much to say about Ivasaur. I think we can move through that one a little quicker. Not nearly as much. Okay, good. I was going to say Bulbasaur and Venusaur are kind of the two uh, more notable ones here, but it is also grass and poison type. It evolves at level 16. Uh, I always thought that that was like a good balance point for evolution. It's not like, you know, when you get a, a one of the initial bugs and they're evolving into their stage two by level 10. I always thought like the 16 and the 32 slash 36, we'll get there. Evolution was a good balance for them. Uh, also playable in Super Smash Brothers. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah. I know probably you have the that. Crowning, uh, yes, probably the crowning achievement for Ivy is the fact that it is in a Smash game. <laughs> it's it's crowning achievement is being pancaked in there with Squirtle and Charizard. <laughs> it kind of got lucky on that one. What else do you have for factoids or uh, biology for Ivysaur? Yeah, so for me, Ivysaur is definitely suffering from middle child syndrome. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, it, it is definitely yeah, a forgotten a lot. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it it certainly gets forgotten, but it is, for me, the gold standard of what a middle evolution is supposed to look like. Uh, the patches have darkened a little bit on its skin. The bulb has bloomed a little bit into a bud, and it has sharper teeth. So it is progressing the design forward and giving us hints as to what's to come. Uh, without being awkward, really. Uh, to me, it looks it looks tougher. It's it's got a tough look to it. It does. I'll give you that one. It definitely like like you said. It's this is one of the best. I don't think they get uh, the Bulbasaur line gets enough credit in going back and really spending time uh, looking at the designs for these for just being such a good evolution of like it's kind of the same thing. It just looks like. Uh, it looks like an actual evolution of an animal. It's just more so. Not yeah. adding jet engines to it. Would have been kind of cool, but... If if Venusaur just popped up with jet engines on the side? I mean, tell me that's not dope. The flower has bloomed, and it has jet engines. 
plus jet engines, and they do fall off because they're uh, vestigial jet engines uh, for Venusaur. I I know that we... Oh, you're saying that Ivasaur has the jet engines and then... Yeah, oh yeah. It's an I'm evolution. It's, it's vestigial evolution. So they're they're still there, but they're completely superfluous by the time it gets to Venusaur. You can't even see them. Anymore. And then they get like a, uh, a appendectomy, uh, but for their jet engines. Basically, I know that we're going to keep coming back so much to uh, Garchomp, and let me just uh, state this ahead of time: I have zero apologies to issue for that because Garchomp is a stupid design. He's the Pokemon we love to hate. It, it really is. And I look forward to, again, in 900 years from now, when we actually talk about Garchomp, if we ever get that far, and I don't give up long before then, and we just get to completely (laughs) shit on the design, and I'm more than happy to do so. Look, I understand why kids like the design. I do. But it it seems focused group. Focus groups I don't, by children. I don't it, think it just does. that kids like the design for Garchomp. I think that old people think that kids like the no, they, design they for think Garchomp. that they like it. Like, kids want to play with... It's a, it's a hello fellow kids moment. <laughs> yeah, it's... Kids want to play with Ivasaur and Bulbasaur because it's like a dog. I don't want a pet that has jet engines and shark teeth and raptor claw anyway we're moving on because i am going to just spend the rest of the episode shitting on garchomp and that is probably not the best idea so back to a much cooler pokemon ivy there we go that everybody would rather talk about <laughs> ivysaur than garchomp i only have one notable I do quickly want to say my bottom note for ivysaur is i always forget about ivysaur <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> My notable card, and this actually kind of ties back into yours, uh, and I hope you have the same thing. Erica's Ivasaur. I love the art for it. Easily. Okay. It is the one that I have written okay, down. Okay, good. I feel a little bit, the rest of them are kind of boring, but I love just hiding in the flowers, and it's like, it almost looks like real flowers, and they kind of like painted it into it. I love it. Exactly. That It's a really cool art style, too. It's like a photorealism that they drew in there and then just kind of stuck the watercolor guy right in. Sold. And finally, we have number three, Venusaur, the seed Pokemon as well. Grass and poison again. The first note I have here, and this goes back to my, a lot of times when I think about like the biology of Pokemon, I like to think about like what I was saying earlier of what if I ran into that thing in the wild while walking my dog? Regular size of Venusaur, as listed by the Holy Bible of Pokemon Bulbapedia, six foot seven, two hundred twenty pounds. Oh my God! I'm running out of the woods. It's a big boy. That is a big boy for sure. On all fours, it is taller than me. Oh yeah. I mean, that's kind of the coolest part about Pokemon is these superimposing versions of animals that we have. I definitely think it's very frog-like, but to see a gigantic frog-like <laughs> animal with a flower on its back. Looking at you pretty pissed off is, it's pretty good. <laughs> I can't imagine, like, I'm just going to head on down to the stream. Oh, my God, it's a six-foot frog. My God. <laughs> um, I do have a note in here, too. This is kind of what I was going back to, or kind of what I was saying earlier. It is the only Gen 1 starter to evolve at level 32. Okay, so I was going to ask you about that, so I just don't quite remember. So when do I... Uh Charizard and Blastoise evolve. Do they evolve at the same time? Like each of those together? Yeah, those two evolve at the same time. They both evolve at uh, 36. So why do you think they let Venusaur evolve early? So I have a note on here of why I think that is. I don't know if this is wrong. 
or if this is just me or whatever, I always thought that Bulbasaur was easy mode. Oh, I I could see that okay, for sure. I always thought that like all right, if you choose Bulbasaur, like there's no difficulty selector in red and blue. The difficulty selector is uh, the three starters. And I always, growing up, thought, okay, Bulbasaur is the easiest one, but there's no crazy payoff. Uh, Squirtle would be like the more well-rounded, like Blastus is good. You know, uh, it, it's you get help on the first gym, but it, you know, you don't really have as much help when you get to Misty. And then Charmander would be the hardest one with the most payoff because it like is you know the coolest and has the best stats and stuff like that. And also, like Fire Pokemon are kind of hard to come by. Yeah as much for powerful stuff. I mean, you do have Ninetales and Arcanine. Especially for Bulbasaur, the first two gyms are a freaking, like, it's a smoke show if you have Bulbasaur. And I always, like, kind of thought that the whole level 32 thing for Bulbasaur, like, you get it four levels earlier because like no real reason other than easy mode no and i never really thought about that but that does make sense as kind of a difficulty selector i mean when you're a kid you just kind of pick what is coolest so to me we have grass everywhere i think most kids were picking a turtle or they were picking fire i just think that that's what kids were choosing i mean i played yellow so i was stuck with pikachu but i would have chosen charizard Simply because fire, I always choose a fire starter if I can because of, uh, like what you said, like the rarity of fire types right, in the as game. Somebody the who game. I never played yellow, and I know that you were exclusively yellow, so we're getting both sides of this here. Could you get the three starters yes. somewhere in red and blue? God, I'm sorry. In, in yellow. Yes, Could you get so, the three starters somewhere in yellow? Yeah, so I didn't realize this until going back, but the reason... So yellow basically follows a slightly different storyline to align more closely with the anime. So people give you the three starters as you go. If you had good enough friendship with your Pikachu, you could get a Bulbasaur. Somebody would give it to you. And it just kind of mimics the anime in that way. So my team had all of them. See, I'm always wondering, like, was Red and Blue meant to be? Did the game designers intend for you to play through it once? Or did the game designers intend for you to just keep playing it and trying other Pokemon? I'm sure they wanted you to go through with various iterations because even though we all kind of converge into the same several Pokemon for teams, they wanted you to choose something different every but single time. But you only time, get I one save file. Like, why would they design something that they want you to repeat, but you have to kill your other pokes to try it again? Or do they just want you to buy more copies? I, I think it's both. I think it's just an unfortunate side effect. You know that they the technology was limited, and so they were like, "Yeah, oh, I well, can never, I can never tell if that's our like because of limitations, or if that's cynical me at you know age thirty looking back at childhood game going, yeah, they just wanted more money, and kids are dumb. I mean, I'm sure that a marketing executive brought that up and was not contesting <laughs> that fact. Just sell more copies. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is here. I have two more. Completely I have two fine. more notes with regards to evolutions. I guess it's technically three. Okay. One's quick one. It's the only stage two grass and okay. poison that doesn't require an evolution stone. I didn't realize that. I mean, that's pretty cool. I think that I uh, dual types are supposed to be harder to obtain in the game. Really? But like you said, that was just always. I mean, this is kid logic, though. Is that I always figured. Dual types, to me, were inherently better. As a kid, you know, you get more types, so you needed to work a little harder. That's certainly That's not the I case always, anymore, but that was kind of how kind of I thought about that, it. Like, Blastus only got water. Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of, it's actually kind of good, because it doesn't give him any additional weaknesses. That's, That's why I always felt like that yeah, was, like, that line more. was kind of the middle 
middle line. You know what I mean? Yeah. The other note I have about evolutions is something we need to go over. Mega evolutions and Gigantamax. Yes, I was going to bring those up as well. We have to. Okay. I, I just wanted to bring I them want, up. First, I want you to give me your impression of Mega Venusaur. So, yeah, i got to admit, never played any kind of game that had Mega Venusaur in it. In general, don't really care for the Mega Evolutions, so I think that it's just Venusaur, but more so. And they just kind of stuck a flower on his head, and I didn't think it was such a cool thing. I don't know. The only game I played that had Mega Evolution was Omega Ruby. I don't think I ever had one in the game, but just based off of the design and everything and the cards and all that stuff, I hate it so much. It's just very Super Saiyan. It's very, you haven't seen all of my it, yet. Like, it, 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 we're going to go back there again. It is Garchomping Venusaur. It is it over really is. the top and just, like you said, it is just put more Venusaur on Venusaur. This, yeah, this is where this is where my take is going to get spicy, and I don't think that the community I really agrees exactly with me on this. I know exactly where you're going, and I'm with you 100%. Go yeah. for it. I think that G-Max is the perfect way to go about uh, making Thank it more you. so. Thank <laughs> you! Yes. <Yeah>, Gigantamax. <laughs> yes. Thank you, internet. I am right, no and nobody can cares, fight me. No one cares, Reddit! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I am completely with you i love the gigantamax and i find this all the time is with a lot of the mega evolutions i'm like this is just trying so hard and so dumb but the gigantamax feels like it's trying something different this is what it made me think of if, if we're talking real life like you're gonna roll up to a river and see a venusaur to me a g-max venusaur is going to be deep in the woods it was basically nothing held back like its metabolism it just grew and grew yeah and so that was the result it's kind of cool i never thought about them that way before because it's just the flower just keeps going and going i it, the mega evolution to me is trying the same thing too much the gigantamax is trying the same thing differently and i don't know why it just works so much better for me yeah, not all G-Maxes work. I mean, there are some no. some straight-up terrible G-Maxes, but Snorlax. this is one where... Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but this is one where they got it right for me. <laughs> so do you have anything else that you wanted to point out for like the biology side uh, for Venusaur? No, I mean, I have some final thoughts on the line itself, but if you have anything else for Venusaur, go for it. All right, a couple quick thoughts I had. It is in Super Smash Brothers, but it's not playable. It pops out in Saffron City, which I always loved that one. Oh, yeah, it pops out of and the door. And then it just shoots everybody in the face. And I used to love uh, playing as Kirby when you can just infinite float above it. And the other thing, I w grew up mostly playing Squirtle, and Venusaur was terrifying. When you have to go oh, against yeah. your, your rival, and you're coming down to the wire going in a rival battle, especially like at, against the Elite Four, and you get that... Venusaur started taking in sunlight and just I, I'm done it's striking like, some fear it's I the have wind one up. shot left solar beam was so intimidating and I was like I get one chance otherwise this is going to be a complete smoke show uh, especially if you were out of yep. any fire Pokemon which there was not a lot of great fire Pokemon outside of Charizard and Gen 1 I'm, again nine tails and Arcanine I'm sorry but no good but nothing spectacular kind of tied in with that if you go back and look at the sprite for Gen 1 from the back, you can't tell what it is. It's completely unrecognizable. It is just it's a blob. so bad. A I don't even know blob. what they were going for. So I got to say with Venusaur, 
so as I said, Venusaur was never my starter. Pikachu was my starter. But that being said, of the three, Venusaur is my favorite of the starters. It wouldn't have been in red or blue. It is as an addition to a team. He is my favorite to stick wait, wait, wait. on to so a team. You're, all right. Not as an actual starter in the game, but you're saying of the three starters, Venusaur is your favorite of the three. Yes, I'm saying in a game like Shield, where we don't start with any of them, or in Yellow, where you start with none of them, Venusaur is always my favorite as a an addition to a team. He's not overdone like Charizard. There's tons of cool fire types. And I love Blastoise, but same deal. There are so many competing water types for me, but a grass poison that looks like that, I mean... I choose him every time. I'm like, I'm putting him That's on the valid. team. No, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. Like, sometimes I avoid Charizard as well, just because. Give it a rest. It's yeah, just overdone I, I, at this it's, point. It's, yeah. uh, it's like cliche at this point to pick Charizard for something, and there are a lot more good substitute water Pokemon over Blastus. But I do choose Fire generally when picking a starter. I wouldn't say that Grass is a great starter. In Red and Blue, it is definitely easy mode, like you said. I think the only generation where I strongly lean towards the Grass starter is Gen 2. Outside of that, there's no other... Like, Meganium is my favorite Gen 2. But outside of that, there's some good ones. I mean, Rillaboom's probably the best of uh, Gen 8, but like... It's pretty decent. Yeah, it, they're all a little oh, underwhelming. Well, on Gen 2, I know that you hate him, but I am a Totodile stan. You can get out of here. <laughs> he just looks like a lot of fun for alligators, <laughs> cool. Look at that. But hate honestly, him. Gen 2 has some of the best starters in general. So They uh, do. We'll get there. We'll get save it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Notable cards. Either way, Totodile slander will not be tolerated. <laughs> <laughs> Notable cards I have for uh, Venusaur. Um, base set, I just have a note here. Uh, so thick. Oh, that is a thick boy. That, that is a thick Venusaur. Um, I loved the Celebi and Venusaur tag team. That is the card that I had listed. Okay, I know we're going to go back to this a lot, and let me just share with the audience here. We have... Two probably very controversial uh, controversial opinions uh, when it comes to the internet yelling at each other. We both love tag team cards. Tag teams rule. I'm sorry, but they rule. And we I both... hate them, and they rule. <laughs> They're as uh, uh, playing with the cards is probably our primary focus for Pokemon, and we hate them in game but that's also part of the fun is you know your opponent hates them wielding them is fun <laughs> yeah, you, are bringing, you, you are bringing a mini gun to a duel <laughs> when you have one they're great and i think a lot of the sourness online is because somebody at one point didn't have one. Oh, they got their booty beat by it <laughs> that's the issue and the other controversial opinion is the one that we went over earlier. Both of us strongly prefer Gigantamax to Mega Evolutions, and I'm yes. sure that will come up time and again. Now, I wouldn't say that the Celebi Venusaur card is particularly good. It's the art that does it for me. It's not, it's not computer-generated. It appears hand-drawn whether it is or not. It just looks cool. It's a very it's distinct great design in a sea of 3D sprites. It's a great card. I, I like that one. I tried to make one deck focused around that card, and it was 
a complete waste of time. It like it. It's, I mean, it's just a little slow. A tag team needs to get out the a gate. A little slow. He he takes his time. Yeah, he was a very slow. Um, in I'm terms not giving of, you any ideas if I have to play against him. <laughs> in terms of really good cards, though, uh, for Venusaur, there is from the set Supreme Victors. There is I don't know how it got passed, but there is a Venusaur in that set that it got rid of special conditions. It stacked special conditions on the imposing poke. And it did crazy good damage, but it, it was an unstoppable machine. Uh, that was a that yeah, was that a is awesome top card for me. So that's all the notes that I have for them specifically. But I I have a couple thoughts I have written down, and I I know we like to share our thoughts on the family as a whole. The first thing I have here only line of starters in all eight generations with poison type. The only starter with poison type designation. Yes. That's pretty sweet because poison sounds bad. I mean, it sounds like an inherently not evil, but certainly like something you wouldn't want to deal with. So it kind of makes sense that it would get steered away from if you're giving it to kids as their first Pokemon. Okay, I didn't I didn't know where you were going with that one. And you kind of brought it back. And that kind of makes sense. Of course, you don't give kids poisonous animals. Yeah, exactly. You know, it seems like something you wouldn't do, but that's very cool. Another thing with regards to all the starters, I learned this before going through, but it it took till I think a couple months ago for me to finally realize all of the starters in every generation, all the types, all the starters, all that 87.5% male and 12.5% female. Now... Are you saying that's true for all starters or that's true for the Bulbasaur line? No, all starters all across all generations. Wow. I wonder why that is. I know that they skew them when they look, you know, more masculine or more feminine. I know that they'll skew them, but it seems especially odd for something that is just an animal. Even like Delphox. Um, I'm trying to think of what would be like another pointlessly gendered female uh, starter. Not a starter, but my favorite is the Galarian Darmanitan. I mean, it has a full beard, but mine in shield is No, but I'm saying for starters, though, all of the starters are pre-marina. I was going to say, even the ballerina seal? Yes. I mean, I guess anybody can be a ballerina. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not stating that, but I am... I wouldn't say it's primarily men. I, no, but- I, I am <laughs> saying, though, that Pokemon is a habit of very much gendering Chansey, Jinx, all that stuff. And then they come out with something like Primarina, and because all of the starters are 87.5% male and 12% female, they just stuck with it. It is what it is. I guess. I don't know. That could be a cultural thing. That could be because these games are marketed more towards boys. I, I don't know. There is one other random factoid I found. All of these three are known as the seed Pokemon, and there is one other Pokemon mm-hmm. that is also the seed Pokemon. And that is Sunkern. It's gotta be Sunkern? <laughs> wow. Oh, because he's a colonel. He's a colonel. <laughs> do you have any other do you have any other factoids you want to oh, share man. about the family? He's the colonel. This is more of just an observation, and I've seen it said in a more cynical way, but I see it as more of a positive. Uh, a lot of people on the internet will do drawing challenges and they'll say, you know, I'm going to draw all of the Pokemon, and of course they all start with Bulbasaur, and because of that, there is tons and tons of fan art of the Bulbasaur line specifically, 
And I think that's really cool. Oh, yeah. All the people give up before they Un- get to. Unfortunately, it's because they give up quite <laughs> early. But, but for Bulbasaur, there is a wealth of fan art. Well, I think this is to wrap things up for the set, we have to talk about. I know we touched on it briefly, but talk about the elephant in the room. Nobody picks Bulbasaur. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. I, I like part of me as I was going through this was like I, I feel like I'm learning about this Pokemon that's been around for 20 years for the first time. It, it's just, or 25 years, I guess, at this point, because it's just such a, a punching bag. Uh, and I have, uh, I think we should share these for Pokemon going forward. But uh, I want to share the responses. There was a Reddit survey. And it ended up getting 53,000 oh, yes. responses talking about the favorite Pokemon uh, for users. And I think we're going to probably end up referencing this quite a bit. And I want to read the results for them here because I was thoroughly baffled. Bulbasaur came in number four. Number four? Total yeah. all time? It got with Man. with 710 votes. To to put it in perspective, the one after that was Blaziken with 613, almost 100 more votes than the next Pokemon. No, see, I think when it comes down to it, kids don't care about a grass type in a fantasy world setting. If you want something that you don't have access to in the real world, you're choosing something crazy. You're choosing fire. You're choosing electric. You're choosing mind power with psychic you know you want something that you don't have currently we've all got woods near us or some level of grass that you have access to and i think it ultimately yeah, comes down if to my that. choices are a frog with a flower stapled to the top of it or you know a turtle with cannons out of its shoulders i think i'm gonna have to lean for cannon turtle i'm taking the fire breathing dragon in that uh, and that's how we scenario. ended up with Charizard the way it is. And on that note, yes. it's a fire breathing dragon. <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up for our summary of uh, Bulbasaur, Ivasaur, and Venusaur. And when we come back, it's time for Blaine's Quiz Show. Welcome to Blaine's Quiz Show, where we try to stump each other with obscure pokey facts. There will be three questions, and we will keep score from week to week. And it will be the most serious scorekeeping ever. With a lot of trash talk. <laughs> a lot. All right, good. Because <laughs> you suck. Oh, I don't think so. All right, but, but but so anyway, so I have three questions here that I'm going to ask Ben, and we'll see if he gets them right or not. It might be a little bit on the easy side, but we'll see. Bring it on. Question number one. The two original releases of the Game Boy game in America were red and blue version. Name the two original releases in Japan. Ooh, red and green. I know that one. You son of a bitch. It is red and green. <laughs> put, one, put one point down for me. I was going to say, all right, then, so if you're so smart, so why did they change it then from green to blue when it came over in America? So this is not for points. Ah, uh, Christmas? So... For whatever reason, the green version of the game was really, really buggy. Uh, oh. If you go back and look at it, there you can see the number codes. There's, It's messed up really bad. And they said, well, thank God there's a third we can just name the corrected version after. Oh, I thought there was like, I, I love that instead of like <laughs> just debugging green and giving it over here, they were like, oh, whatever, give it, 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 it give Squirtle a chance. No, they yeah, they're just like, well, it is what it is. So blue version. So that's question one. Question number two. 
Bulbasaur is the third most commonly seen Pokemon in the anime. Name the first and second most commonly seen Pokemon. I can't believe we didn't talk about this in our discussion of Bulbasaur because it does appear all the time. All the time. I'm going to guess, obviously, Pikachu is one Pikachu of them. Pikachu is the obvious number one. It is the obvious number one. Yes, Pikachu. Okay. The other one, I'm not so sure about, but I'm going to guess Charmander because I think a lot of the early episodes really focused on him. Ooh, unfortunately not. Do you want to take one more stab before I tell you? I'll give you a hint. It is not somebody that's on Ash's team. Um, oh my God. Oh, 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 uh, uh, Meowth. Yep, it's Meowth. I thought that was really funny because (laughs) Team Rocket is in, uh, they're in every single episode, so... Meowth is there. All right. As soon as I as soon as I uh, thought of it, I was like, oh, yeah, that that is pretty obvious. So I didn't think this through. I guess that counts as a point because those would have been half points. You're gonna get one. You're gonna you're getting one point five. I'll take the yeah, I'll take the half point for it. All right. Final <laughs> round. So you actually brought this up as well that Venusaur is kind of a towering Pokemon. He comes in at six foot seven inches, two hundred twenty point five pounds. Now there is one other Pokemon with the exact same measurements, six foot seven, 220.5. There is only one. Are you serious? Yes. Like so two a even, the, even the point five. Okay. Name, name that Pokemon. Oh, um, that's a tough one. Um, Rapidash. Ooh, incorrect. Answer is Tropius. What? Yeah, Tropius seems tall. Oh my Tropius God. seems tall. We'll see you next time on Blaine's Quiz Show, where Ben will quiz Andy. It's time for High Pokethetical. This week is a top three, our top three forgotten or underrated Pokemon. And we are going to alternate uh, starting with number three. My number three, I have literally no explanation for written down, but it's a very personal one. Meganium. Meganium is certainly both forgotten and underrated. (laughs) I will give you that. I was going to say, I I know you saw that one coming because Meganium is a a personal favorite of mine and was so much fun for Gen 2 and is never been seen again. Well, you're probably going to see a theme because I think we're both a bit biased uh, towards Gen 2 and we want some more Gen 2 representation. Uh All right. Hit me with your number three. Well, so speaking of number three being Gen 2, uh, it's Ursa Ring. Oh, okay. The bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually, it took me a second. Gen 2 normal type. Um, I don't think he's underrated at all. I think he's kind of trash, but he is completely forgotten, I, and that is why I You know why I think he's forgotten? Stoofle and Beware. Exactly. I think that he was replaced, and if you go back and look, a little bit of his design, you can also see in Urshifu. Oh, yeah, you're totally right. All right. Yeah. I was putting these together. I could have done like all of Gen 2. Pretty much Gen 2. <laughs> but moving on to number two for me, I have a Gen 5 poke. And it is, I think, my favorite design out of Gen 5. And it's never really popped up. And that is Solipede. Solipede? Yeah. Hold up. Is Solipede? Yeah. All right. Thank you for proving. That's the three thank stage. Thank you for proving my point here. Oh, no. Oh, no. The three stage, the purple. Yes. Like the centipede looking? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. You are completely proving my point, and I greatly appreciate oh, no. that. I think 
Solipede is definitely the coolest design from that generation, uh, as we are both not huge uh, Gen 5 fans. We'll just put it out there. Oh, and I I played Black and White, so I don't really have much of an excuse Yeah, there. I, I, I did as well. Uh, I think I had a copy of Black, uh, and I don't think I ever finished it because I did not like Gen 5, but I did like Solipede. Nah, Solipede was cool. He was definitely one of my favorites in Gen 5 when I go back and actually remember him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I don't think about Gen 5 very much, but certainly uh, one of the better ones within Gen 5. I like the purple. Uh, he's pretty beefy. He's one of the cooler bugs, though, again, That's I, what I'm I saying. don't like, really think there's about bug no, Pokemon. There so. isn't as many, like, large, intimidating bug Pokemon out there. I mean, Beedrill, I guess, can be kind of... Uh, I wouldn't no. want to run into... I hate a bee that is a normal-sized bee, so a bee drill would be terrifying, but... With drill hands. Yeah, exactly. You get what I'm saying, though. But, like, this is a a beefy centipede it would be terrifying to run into and i just think it's a really cool design and never pops up ever it's cool it's a cool bug even though i will say i'm pretty sure he was in sword and shield but uh just saying in the expansion was pack. it yep i think he was on isle I of armor that at all Exactly. I know. I was going to say, I'm falling Boom. into my own trap here. <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> He's so forgettable. I probably walked by him. <laughs> my number two is both forgotten and underrated. Okay. And he is Breloom. Oh, oh my God. Breloom is the fighting fungus. It's got two legs like a kangaroo, and it's like a fungus that knows how to box. And I just think that that is so cool. That it's, it's not a martial artist. It's a wild animal that has learned martial arts in some capacity. Okay, I'll give you that one. I can't think of any, like, I don't know if I've ever seen... You know what a big thing is for me? I look up and see if there's been any GX or V cards of the Pokemon, and I'm like, if there has never been... If it's a notable poke, not like, I don't know, a Weedle or something, but, like, if it's a a full-on stage one or two, and it's, like, top of the line kind of thing, and there is no GX or V for it, I'm like, it's a little forgotten here. Yeah, I don't remember any kind of recent card of this. I had a card way back. I mean, we must have been in high school when I had a card of this guy. I don't think anything recent has come up because I uh, he's Gen three, right. so I don't it's think been a I've while. ever seen a Breloom card. Do you say Breloom or Breloom? I say it as Breloom. Okay. Um, I don't. But he's think... so forgotten that who knows? I know, right? Everybody's even forgotten his name. I don't even think that I've ever seen a Breloom card or ever had him in a single game. Like, I will give you serious no. points for forgotten on this one because I have no recollection of this Pokemon existing. It's just lost to the sands of time. And it's he, a good it's a design. Cool I like dude. it. It's not like my favorite of all time, but it's definitely up there. No, it's not knocking your socks off, but. It deserves it deserves a reissue. That's all I'm saying. All right, and plus you get Shroomish, which I do remember Shroomish, and that's a pretty solid design. But the design is so different between the two. That's <laughs> yeah, a good uh, actual evolution of uh, b- between the two stages. My number one. I don't know how this one's going to be uh, received, but my number one. I think this was also a forgotten and underrated kind of deal for me, and that's Hypno. 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 I, I, the reason I specifically go to that one red and blue alakazam was broken and was insanely powerful and i will never argue with it being just much more useful but in terms of other like purely psychic types hypno was really your only other option don't tell me about jinx and Slowbro and Mewtwo is technically the end game. I'm talking like one that you could really use through the game. Yeah, that you could find one 
and right and you could you didn't have to trade and it wasn't the best stat wise but it was a cool enough pokemon and they it's completely forgotten no, I agree with that. And I kind of like that uh, the animal that it's designed after, I think it's called a taper. Yeah. That might be. And it's just like a kind of an, an odd animal to base something off of. And it's pretty cool. I also really liked, I think it was, I want to say fossil set back in the day. Uh, I really liked the card that came out. There was a hypno card. I think it was a fossil set. And that was like one of my favorite cards I had. That's certainly an underrated book. I, there's no GX. There's no V. I don't. I never see them in game or anything like that. Drowsy or Hypno, but I'm just specifically going for Hypno. Yeah. Well, I have a major revelation that I'm saving for the end here, and that this All right, might tie well, in. Drum to roll that, for so. your number one here. All right, my number one, of course, it's from Gen Two, is Jumpluff. Jumpluff. Do you remember Jumpluff? You went for. Look him up. Very- Jumpluff is this tiny blue circle with cotton balls on the end. And when I was a kid, I got a holographic of it, and I just thought the hollow was so cool. <laughs> and this he's is underrated a, as hell. When was the last time you saw a jump off in any this media? Is a great pull. <laughs> this is I. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here talking about how all of jump. the. Gen, oh my god, it's a stage two as well, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh it's. Oh yeah. This thing was decent. Uh, it is not decent. I'm looking at the stats right now, and you, sir, are a liar. This thing is you, sir, are a, a bold-faced liar. Can it learn Stun Spore? <laughs> if it can, you we know, can work I, with all right, it. I'll give you this. It does have a really high speed. I say really high. I'm being generous. It has a... <laughs> Insanely high. Massively high speed. And you know that it would get buffed in a game. No, they'd actually have to nerf it because it's way too strong. I don't Boom. think they're going to have to go through and nerf the giant puffball floating <laughs> through the air. That could definitely be. I want to bring up an honorable mention one because this one is a very common among the internet community underrated Pokemon. Okay, go ahead. And that is Dunn sparse done sparse just looks like a basic that is supposed to have an evolution if you look at it it looks like it could become a gigantic dragon-like thing it looks like a larva for something else okay and people on the internet have drawn all kinds of fan art of what they think done sparse could evolve into and i really think they have something there i wonder if like they will give him an evolution for something in the future like how they do i really want them to like uh I think they should. I'm trying to think. I know that happened for something in uh, Galar. Yeah, like it's not off the table. Zigzagoon? Oh, right. Zigzagoon, they gave it a regional form and then a different evolution. And I I like that idea. We have Gene Simmons. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think that's probably the perfect way to close it. That's going to do it for episode one, covering Pokemon one through three, the Bulbasaur line. I'm Ben. And I'm Andy. And on the next one. See ya.